0: Power and the glory forever. Amen. Before we dig into our text this morning, I wanted to inform everyone that on January 14th at 1 o'clock, right here in the worship center, we will be hosting a uh, service, a memorial service for Bobby Helms, where we celebrate and complete his life. You're invited to that, and there will be a reception. Uh, in the Trinity Center immediately following as well. I love that guy. I miss him. Join us as we thank God for his life. Well, sent people gather to go. We gather to go. That's what we do. When you think of this time in the life of the church, it was the fullness of times. And you may have heard that phrase before, the fullness of times. The gospel writers talk about the fullness of times. What is the fullness of times? What was the fullness of times? Well, it was a very fascinating moment in world history when we think about the fullness of times because everyone in the region spoke a common language. It's called Koinonia Greek. Everyone spoke that. So communication was very simple. The Roman Empire was in charge, and they were spreading across uh, the countryside, building roads. Travel was easier. Ships with a common language were able to navigate the treacherous waters. Travel either by foot or ship or horse, and speaking a common language, was an aspect of what it meant for this period of time to be the fullness of times. There was also a unique religious scattering through the persecutions that took place. As people were displaced from their homelands, they would go and look for safe places to live. So it truly was the fullness of times. The book of Acts takes place in this moment of fertility for The Word of God to go forth with, as we talked last week, dynamite-like power. Today our text is a a familiar text to everyone. It's one of my favorite texts. In fact, I already told you last week, Luke and Acts are probably my two favorite New Testament books. To get Luke and Acts is to kind of get Tobin Wilson, if you want to know the truth. And what's interesting about our text today is being sent requires a very strong and high view of the church, or I'm going to use a big word for some folks that have been in church for a long time, ecclesiology. Ecclesiology is the view of the church, and it calls for a very strong view of the church because from a very strong central gathering place, the church, our ecclesiology, we gather together weekly to worship. Celebrate the sacraments, to encourage one another, to be inspired, but also to be dynamite-like, exploding in a fashion that sends us out. Does that make sense? And that's the power of Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4. Let's take a look at the text. It's going to take us a little while to get into the money lines, and I'll point those out to you when we get there. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah, both Lord of my life and Savior from sin, restorer of shalom to all people. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And Peter, and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers and sisters, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you, my friends, in the moment of baptism, will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. It sounds like a revival to me. It would be really nice to have this place brimming with 3,000 people. Now we get into our text that I'd like to focus on. After the Holy Spirit is promised, the Holy Spirit comes and Peter begins to preach and 3,000 people respond. Now he talks to them about how to gather together and what that means. Notice what's here and notice what specifically is not here. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Koinonia. A very specific kind of fellowship. Not just a sappy, sentimental fellowship, but a directional, strategic type of fellowship. To the breaking of bread... In homes and at this table, and to prayer. What was the result? Everyone was filled with awe. This is my filled with awe voice. (laughs) Facial expression, I mean. At the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, and this is a great line too, and had everything in common. This was not a cult. This was a gathering. There was not a name for this organization yet. They had no buildings. They owned no property. They would just get together in people's homes. And look at the kind of things they did. Talk about transformational. Talk about amazing. Talk about inspiring. Talk about countercultural. Talk about countercultural Christian like. Even in 2020, they sold property and possessions and gave it to anyone. Any single person who had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They couldn't get enough of all this stuff. Every day they'd wake up and they'd go, the same thing. They get to repeat it over and over and over again. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. All the believers were one in heart and mind. I should read that again. Think about that. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one, not one of them, claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them for from time to time those who owned land or houses they sold them they brought the money from the sales and they put it at the apostles feet and it was distributed again check this out there's no rules on this isn't this crazy There's there's not 18 pages of how we're going to give this stuff out. But it was distributed to anybody who had a need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field that he owned, and he brought the money, and he gave it, or he put it, at the apostles' I'd love to meet a Barnabas today. The reading of God's word, pretty strong, isn't it? Now, less familiarity breed contempt. Let's, let's dive into this for a little bit as a prelude to this table. Have you ever noticed how many great cities in the world have a river running through them? You ever notice that? People that travel the world or have lived abroad, there's always a great river that runs through it. By the way, that was a great movie. The river Thames, in what city? There you go. How about the Tiber River? Where's that? Rome, thank you very much. We're playing Jeopardy. I'll take rivers for 5,000. The Nile? The Danube? Oh, yeah, murmur, murmur. It's getting a little difficult. It flows through four capital cities, including Vienna and Budapest. Ganges? Calcutta? Oh, boy. St. Lawrence River? Quebec, Canada. Thank you. Debbie Donan's in the house. The Great Zane River. Notre Dame. And that's just globally. How about the United States? Do we have any cities that a, a, a river runs through it? Chicago, San Antonio, all those great cities, right? There's a lot. L.A. is by a big body of water. Why? Why is there a river that runs through some of the greatest cities in the world? Life, growth, fecundity. Fertility, it's healing, it's refreshing, and it's flourishing. It brings life. Flowing rivers are a metaphor for shalom and peace, a metaphor for the Holy Spirit, the work of God, complete. And did you know that in John's book of Revelation, there is a river that runs through the new Jerusalem. And that river brings three kinds of things. It brings, in the text, flourishing trees, spiritual fruit, and healing leaves. Sent people gather to go. They flow like a river. Wherever we go, it brings flourishing trees, spiritual fruit, And healing leaves. Let me offer this morning four marks of a people gathered and four results of a people who go. I'm going to breeze through these. Four marks of people who gather and four marks of people who go. Because essentially, we gather to go. We don't gather to stay or hide or build or feel good about certain things. We gather together in order to go according to the book of Acts. Let's start with a people gathered. Where the Spirit of God, and I know it says reigns in your worship folder. I'm going to edit it and say flows. Where the Spirit flows, believers leave Jesus Christ believers love Jesus Christ and then they love the text we fall in love with Jesus Christ God's ultimate self revelation can't think of anything better to do than to sit around and talk theology about Jesus that really is more important to me than even shooting a two under 70 as pretty cool as that would still be The second mark of a people gathered is this where the spirit flows, the believers, koinonia, their fellowship is generous. The fellowship is generous. It can't be confused with a spirit of sentimental, oh, that's my buddies. As important as that sentimentality is, in the text, if you recall, when I read it, it was a fellowship that was strategic. They loved each other so much, nobody had a need. That's different than they're my best friends. Did you see in the article? You see an article in the newspaper lately about a church in Los Angeles, Eagle Rock Church. Check this out. They just paid 5.3 million dollars in medical debt for the poor people of Los Angeles. 5.3, 5.3 million in medical debt was paid for by a church. What? That's the stuff of this text. Giving to anyone who has has need, no matter what. Koinonia is generous with a purpose. It's not just mere sentimentality about a relationship. Think about it. But think about it biblically, not ideologically. Third mark of a people gathered. Where the Spirit flows, believers keep Jesus Christ at the center of worship. Jesus the Christ is the center of worship. The Word of God is the center of worship. Prayer, the center of worship. The sacraments, the center of worship. Those things are the center that gathers us. They are primary. They are non-negotiable. It's our rootedness. And I'm just like you. I make it about other things sometimes. We have to be careful of that notion. All right. We're doing good. You hanging in there? Fourth mark of a people gathered where the Spirit flows where the Spirit of God flows like dynamite in a flourishing river, believers are sent. We move out. We move out. We don't hide. Well, if that is what gathers us, and only what gathers us, as it ought be. What are the results of a people who go? Where the Spirit flows, first result, everyone's amazed. Everyone's amazed. A couple of months ago, it was a Friday, Dawn was at work, my daughter Jessica dropped off Cora, and she was mellow. We were coloring and watching Shrek. She hadn't gotten whiny yet because she wasn't hungry, and all of a sudden, our ice dispenser in our freezer, out of the blue, dropped an ice cube, and it made a fairly large sound, and Cora went like this. <laughs> That's our thing now. That's one of our things. It's one of our love language things. She was amazed. What was that? That doesn't normally happen. You know, when, when, when we live like this and like no other way, people in their neighborhood are amazed. How would they do that? Why would they do that? For me? Us? Because we want all people to flourish. We want all people to be transformed. We are little rivers, tributaries, wherever we go when the Holy Spirit of God reigns. A second result of people who go reads something like this, where the Spirit flows. Everyone's generous. Now here's where it gets ridiculously interesting. I did a little research. Actually, thank you, Google. Uh, The Bible offers us little stats here. Check this out. 500 verses on prayer. Fewer than 500 verses on faith. And we would hold those to be fairly significant. But check this out. 2,000 verses on money. Now I know what you're thinking. You're like, I don't like it when people talk like this in church. 15% of everything that Jesus ever taught about was money and our stuff. Even more than talking about heaven... Talked about our stuff, our cash, our portfolios. I'm starting to get uncomfortable. Because you can challenge me to follow Jesus Christ. Just don't challenge me about my cash flow scenario. Martin Luther, the reformer, Martin Luther, once said that there, and I just found this, it fascinated me, there are three great conversions a person needs to experience. I like threes, I think in threes. I can't remember more than threes. I'm a simple man. But it's complicated enough that it's, there's a little room for paradox. He said, here's the three conversions everyone needs. A conversion of the head, a conversion of the heart, and a conversion of the pocketbook. Now, I have to tell you, when I sat down for this message this week, I wasn't thinking about finances. But how can't you? When you hear what I just read. The generosity of the people was overflowing. Such so, no one had a need. That's the result when the Spirit of God is really flowing. Now, I know that there's some cynics out there. Not that I am. Yeah, you know, there's so much wrong with the institutions today. I'm going to hang on to my stuff for a while. That doesn't allow room for the Holy Spirit to flow. A fourth result of people who go is if these aren't hard enough. Is that everyone is united. Remember those lines I read? Everyone was united. But the question is, what were they united in? All these four things. They're united in Jesus Christ. What were they united in? What united them? I think the flow of the text is they were united in being sent. The unity of the people of the way, because there was no such thing as a Christian yet, there was no such thing as a church yet, The unity that people of the way had in that early moment came from one thing. Remember that movie City Slickers? One thing. you got to figure out that one thing. Curly. Being sent. Being sent. The unity comes from the one thing being sent not my thing the unity comes from all of us centering on this table because it's so transformational and has it has the ability to right wrongs and bring justice and turn the world upside down the power of that going into the streets that's what unites us not my thing This thing propels us with transformational power in such a manner that the neighborhood does. It's not business as as usual anymore because everybody's into their own thing. But a whole group of people united around one thing that propels them out to do amazing things that people would think would be crazy, it leads to an appropriate response. i got to do this one more, sorry. There's a, uh, you got to love this, check out this story. There's a church in Maple Grove, Minnesota. It discovered in their school district, 200,000 students in their school district depend on free school lunches. So just let that sink in. 200,000 students depend on uh, free lunches. Another 60,000 students depend on reduced lunches. And many who don't qualify for free lunches or reduced lunches still can't afford to pay for their own lunch. So here's where the church stepped in. Because they have a relationship with the schools. By the way, would this not be cool? If we could figure out a way to take this principle in our relationships because we have this ping pong tournament, right? With the neighbor churches... Here's what they do. Every month, they pay off the debt of every family who could not afford school lunch. They brought it to the school board. The school board loved the idea. They loved the idea so much that every month, the school board sends a letter to the family saying, your bill for lunch has been paid off by Passion Church. Your debt is paid in full. How cool is that? Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, we're a missional church, and we are. We do, I mean, I'm not trying to make us feel bad. What I'm trying to do is, wow, let's build on this type of thinking that's been the last 50 years of our existence. And do more. Because we're united around that one thing. What if our one thing in the future was something like that? Alfredo, will you check that out for us? Well, you get the drift of the text. Isn't this transformational? It's powerful. This is truth. Everyone in... The region was transformed. There's no accept clauses, at least when I read the text. It's biblical. And you know what else it is? It conforms with our 2020 vision that we would be known in the community. There's a phrase in our vision statement that says we will be known in our community for being a people who love to see others flourish. such that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. If you're willing and up for a little challenge, I'll invite you to close your eyes. I'd like to go back to the metaphor of flowing rivers. I just want you to start thinking about your week ahead. Even, actually, even... The moment you drive away from this campus today, what's where are you going to go? Who are you going to see? When you go back and drive your streets, what route will you take? Where do you work? Where do you play? Where do you walk? Where do you exercise? Where do you recreate? Who do you meet with and connect with? Just survey your week briefly in your mind. And then I want to do a little Romans 12 Trans be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'd like for you this week, but envision it ahead of time right now. That you're a flowing river where the Holy Spirit of God flows because the Holy Spirit of God reigns. I want you to imagine that you're a flowing river of the Spirit of God at work wherever your life is taking you. I want you to envision yourself in a movie that when any time you walk down the street or get into your car or drive by someone, <laughs> the grass in the sidewalk gets greener as you go by. not because it's you, but because the Holy Spirit of God is inside of you. I want you to envision the fruit of the spirit emanating from your life, whether you're standing in line or lend for you in traffic. Exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. Those fruit of the Spirit. And if someone is hurting, you'll be healing leaves. You'll take a moment to stop and ask, are they okay? Tender. pastoral shalom. Because my friends, and I'm speaking to myself, as followers of Jesus the Christ who is Lord and Savior, we gather to go as people who are sent. Give us the courage to be relational and relevant and bold as we love all people to life in Jesus Christ. Amen.